What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's the Bachelor Lifestyle. It's the Bachelor Lifestyle. Yeah, I see you for a minute, it's my first impression, Rose Prime back the Jay Stewart breaking down all the shows It's the Bachelor on ABC You're listening to the Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com My name is Brian Beckner We are in the fucking home stretch, if you can call it that Of Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette And you know what, I just... I can't even really blame Hannah Brown. She's not too interesting, obviously. She's not too exciting, which is also clear. But the this whole season has gone off the rails. We're going to break it down right now. Of course, I'm joined every week, as I am this week, by Mr. Jason Stewart. Jason, what's up? Hello, everybody. All right. Signature sign on. Uh, okay. It's hometowns. This is your favorite week, dude. You love hometowns. I was going to say, man, our guy, Juan Pablo, called it hometowns. Hometowns. Now, if I'm going to take you to hometowns, I must really love you, hometowns. Now, um, I, you know, the, the one thing about this episode that kind of reminded me, we haven't really, we haven't really uh, dived into this topic about the show being self-aware and the show tackling taboos and bringing up things that they've never brought up before. So if I could give you what's known as in the business as a tease later on in this podcast, and you're not going to want to miss this, we're going to talk about one of the taboos that the show is, is pretty strict about keeping to. And I would like to get Brian's thoughts on that. About getting balls deep. No, it it's it doesn't have to do with getting balls deep. It's just more of a kind of a macro, uh, general ballpark kind of uh, conversation about the show. Okay, well let's pay it off later. Make a note. Um, but, yeah, yeah, let's go micro now. Let's let's dive into the into the let's substance of this amazing hometown so, episode. Hometowns. Here's what happens in hometowns. She goes. There's four dudes left, right? Yep. There's Pete. Yep. Tyler C, there's Luke, and there's Jed in that order. And also, they don't—they sh- could possibly shoot these out of order. So you don't—you can't really take anything away from how the order in which they're presented. But just you know, for our purposes, they—they they, they undoubtedly shoot them out of order, and yeah. then they—they they put it in the place that be- best suits the show's narrative. Yeah. Now, the the fascinating thing about hometowns typically is that you get to see how these families live their choice of decor i guess there's a budget uh from the show where they kind of spruce things up a little bit make it look a little tv friendly but it's always interesting to me to see you know you can tell by what the place looks like 
um, you know, to determine the family's means and maybe yeah. what the subject yeah. was brought up with. I like that and, too. And there was there was a wide spectrum, I think, in this particular episode, and also to see the characters in the family. And it's you know, there's usually the time where one of the family members and one of the families wants to shine. This is their moment to shine, so they. They want to get a lot of the camera time, yep. and they get all made up, and they do it. And then there's the there's always the person that wants nothing to do with being on camera, who has some great, like straightforward, pointed shit to say to the subjects that make way too much sense and bring the show to like a sobering halt. Yeah, so that's annoying. That person's always annoying. I do, I do like getting a glimpse at where it 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 at once is super uncomfortable for me. And then, but also very enjoyable for me to get a sense of where these people live. Speaking of Juan Pablo Galavis, one of his hometowns was with um, Claire, and who could forget Claire? She was oh, a classic. Claire, Claire the hairdresser from Sacramento, and oh, they yeah. rolled back to her place, and they went to I guess it was her mom's or her sister's like little condo. Mm-hmm. in Sacramento, which was a huge bummer. And then also her mom was like. 180 pounds overweight and you're kind of like, Oh, and then you like felt real bad for Claire. You're like, Oh, this is why she's so nuts. So in, in just your, your basic analysis, if you have an obese parent, then you're nuts. Well, it doesn't help. It, uh, do, okay. it doesn't help. It doesn't, they're not doing you any favors. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm not, it's not passing any judgment. I'm just saying, it doesn't help the situation for anybody. And this uh, is from, coming from a former fat guy, right? Did you, it used to be fat, right? No, not like – I mean just like the normal amount of fat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have you confused with somebody who dropped 200 pounds no. in my circle of friends. No, it's definitely not me. <laughs> I'm, I've always been – I'm like at max weight right now. I fluctuate within about 10, 15 LDs. Uh, so the first date, and I assume this is the last date because it's Pete, and Pete lives in Westlake Village, which as Good the call. crow flies yep. is probably about eight miles from the Bachelor Mansion. So yep. I don't know why you would go there first and then go all the way across the country to these other guys' house and then back. So I assume they did this one last, but they presented it first. Pete lives in, uh, he lives in, like I said, Westlake Village, which I believe, is that like off the 101? Is that like Agora? area uh simi valley jason uh yes yeah, uh, up, up the there. 101 up the yes. 101 Tor- uh, towards ventura yeah. yeah yeah we like getting directional here um so they get there and pete drives a pretty sweet uh mercedes-benz coupe and it's i don't i don't i didn't need any more where he's like hey this is my car and he's got like a lowered like e-class i'm not sure if he got the amg package or what but um he had it had rims. It was set up. It looked like he had like a matte black wrap on it. Did we need any more evidence that cute little sweet Pete the pilot likes to fuck a lot, Jason? Well, a couple of things, and I also um, very much was interested in how much he seemed to be proud of this car. I'm not a car guy Way by any means. I don't. I don't know the um, the standards when it comes to. Um, you know, upper, upper class German cars, was, but this, yeah. this seems by, by looks 
to be an extremely expensive uh, German-engineered vehicle that's 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 like souped up, like a lot of custom stuff on it, you know, to make it look great. And then um, he he didn't just kind of leave as is, because a lot of guys with badass cars aren't gonna say this. Check out my badass car. He just kind of they just kind of allow you to see it and be impressed. Well, he he had. I think he said, this is my baby. Yeah, see. And she did not she did not seem to be very impressed. Now, a couple theories. Did he rent this thing? Or did does he is there some money in his family? He's a pilot. Or is he just He's one of these like single income bachelors yep. that has zero overhead and he just puts a ton of money into his Mercedes Benz. Yeah, I think he's a real pilot, unlike that dude Jake Pavelka who claimed to be a pilot one season and it and turned out he had he had fluffed himself a bit. I, I think um I read somewhere that Pete flies for Delta, which is yeah, that's a real job and he it's probably a real makes job, real but it's money. got no no no. I'm guessing what? So? 150, maybe 200 K. And he's 20 <laughs> and he's 27 and he, he has no expenses. So he puts it all in. I don't, I don't, maybe one of our uh, listeners could, could get, throw us a sticker price on this. I'm thinking no less than 90,000 bucks for this. Coupe. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no. It, it just, it just seemed, it just seemed something was a little off. I mean, so I assumed he was from money, but as we go back to his parents' place, they were, they lived like a comfortable valley family, but not not like a way above no uh, anything or ordinary. I'd and then, say I'd say upper middle class. Yeah. So, yeah. but he definitely was hoping to get a reaction from her, saying, "This is my baby." Like this is this was supposed to be the big impressive thing on this date, and she she could care less. And and yeah. you are talking about the subject of the Bachelorette who has been treated to mansions. Yeah. Um, you know, first class plane rides, hotel suites. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if any car is going to, is going to get her to bat an eye. Uh, and also she's Miss Alabama. So people have definitely, people that she knows have definitely hipped her to the sugar baby lifestyle. Like I'm, I imagine she is aware and has been, uh, uh, offered a lot of things just based on her uh, accomplishments in the pageant world. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's not it was it's not a high end enough of a vehicle to really get stoked about. And also, only dudes get real pumped up about what kind of car <laughs> they have. This is chicks do not care, uh, and they don't notice. Uh, but they get in the car, and then something happens. Jason, they're going. They're headed out to a date. She doesn't really know where they're going, but she starts doing that thing where she starts going through the console. She She's like, what kind of items do you have in here? She just starts cracking it open, which I consider a violation of personal privacy. Now, I'm not one of these kind of people like these sales dudes that like live in their car. So they're all, they have, you know, everything deodorant and powder for their nuts and like a change of shirt all the time. And, you know, golf clubs, I'm not the one, you know, I have a bare bones. I don't keep a, I have a commute, but I don't keep a lot of shit in my car, but I know some people do. And it's just, you don't do that. You don't go into somebody's office and start looking around, but she starts looking around. First thing she finds is a tin of 
Altoids, okay. And what's but, the, but would you, yeah. would you agree that um, it's like it's kind of like looking through someone's medicine cabinet at, at a at a place yes. that you visit? Like, yes, this is what I'm saying. I guess curios- the curiosity is there, but there's just not a whole lot of I don't know what, what would you call it etiquette. It, it's it's a it's definitely intrusive. She goes through his armrest, like she picks up his arm yep. to go into his materials. It, it was. It, I, I think that's a no-no for for any gender in this situation. Totally agree. And then she pulls out what appears to be, and forgive me because I've almost never used one. She pulls out what appears to be a prophylactic, a rubber, and I didn't recognize the packaging. It wasn't a lifestyles which was my brand of choice back in the 1990s it wasn't a trojan ribbed but she did produce from the center console of my man's vehicle a fucking rubber and i gotta ask you jason was this planted is this is this a juiced scenario as these producers have been doing to us for years and certainly this season that was a, that was a planted item. Nobody keeps a rubber, even a guy who fucks a lot like Pete. Nobody keeps a rubber in their vehicle like that, do they? I didn't know what to make of this. It's crazy, my right? Fir- my first uh, instinct um, is that it was done intentionally. The producers had her do that. They knew it was in there. Um, but then his reaction led me to believe that maybe not. I. I didn't think it was a necessary part of this entire thing. She shouldn't have gone through it. Finding a condom proves almost nothing. I guess that he's good to he's good to have sex at any point in time. I did think, and if if you find screenshots, screen grabs of this, I do think that it's like an oversized Magnum condom. Now oh, nice. that w- that a, would open a, a, a can of worms of, of of strategy. Because, you know, as the story goes, you know, just a little history lesson here for uh, for some of our listeners who weren't paying attention in class. You know, in World War II, when we started funding the British and the Russians, the uh, what would what would soon be the allies, when we started funding the war and sending them weapons and whatnot, we would send over condoms to the troops, the Russian and British troops. And just to screw with our heads, the Russians would order oversized Magnum oh, yeah. condoms yeah. just to screw with us, yeah. to give us cold, cold war, uh, cold war nightmares for decades. And if you're if you're in, if you're in Pete's shoes, and this is kind of a prank, yeah. maybe you Go do ahead. just kind of lay that seed to guarantee yourself uh, the uh, fantasy suite. Now they've gotten very sexual because you don't. Oh, yeah. There is – I spent a lot of time in the high-powered world of public relations, and there's a phrase, and this actually translates to a lot of different industries, where they say, under-promise, over-deliver. Yeah. So you don't want to wa- – you don't want to go, oh, hey, is that my extra-large magnum condom there? <laughs> oh, my God, did I leave my – biggest on the market available prophylactic in my vehicle my bad because then you don't want then when it comes time to flop that thing out and it's just like 
regular size or even maybe slightly above, it's going to be a huge, I'm not going to say disappointment because it's been my experience that women find massive dongs a bit threatening. (laughs) So I would say it's just kind of like false advertising. It's just, you would rather say, Hey, there's my, um, very regular size condom, the perfectly normal average size rubber that pretty much any guy could use. That's the kind I have in my car. And then when it comes time to flap that thing home, you can, and you you get a little, (gasps) take the breath away a little bit when she goes, Oh, Oh, wasn't expecting that. It's a, it's an under promise over deliver moment. Don't you think Jason? It is. And I, I do subscribe to that theory in general and why, but if you are, uh, if you take the skeptics view, and maybe it's not to win her over, maybe if you're playing the long game, which I know Pete seems to be the guy that likes to play the field, I, maybe the car and the oversized condom is a play for the viewers, That's and all the all the potential that he might be able to get after the show, due right. to these impressive things. Now, the thing that they decide to go on and. And another staple of the hometowns is the subjects will typically play to their strengths. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. You you go to what you do best and hope that that wins her over. Totally. The guy takes her to an an airplane hangar. I'm guessing maybe the Van Nuys uh, private airport. Good. good. I was wondering. I'm not that familiar with uh, that part, uh, that northern part of Southern California. I was wondering – what airport one, is this? One time, uh, one time back uh, when I worked for a high-profile pro- radio show, yeah. we had uh, we had a a um, an appearance in Arizona, and we took a we took a bird from mm, the port from, from the, the port, port yeah. a private bird from that port. Yeah, and uh, so I've been there. I know I know of that. You recognized that it. airport. Yeah. And my question was: Was this airplane? His or do you rent something yeah, you like rent. that you to rent. take it up? You rent. Okay. So that so if if I was like totally confused by the the cost of his car, and he also has an airplane yeah. at his disposal, then there definitely is some wealth there that For is sure. hidden. But you're saying that the show rented him this airplane, uh, or he, they borrowed it. But yeah, and he took her up, yep. and flew over. Southern California, which is a boss move that you could, you could just take somebody up in a two seater plane and show them Los Angeles. That's really cool. And he's, you know, he's not like, he didn't pay somebody to give them a ride or the show didn't say, Hey, he's taking you on a date. And then you go and there's a chopper there and some ex, some Vietnam vet gives you a fucking tour of the coastline. This guy Got in, did gave her the um, showed her how to inspect the plane to make sure it was safe for takeoff, and then fucking hopped in the cockpit, did the whole thing where you talk to the tower and let them know your flight plan and all that shit, and then he fucking piloted a civil aircraft around uh, on a gorgeous Southern California day. Usually these dates are so fucking boring where they like walk around Miami and Corinne pretends that she's buying Nick Gucci loafers. 
no, this guy, this guy flew her. He's like, hey, let's go look at the fucking bachelor mansion. And they fly over Malibu. And he's like, there it is. And then he's like, hey, look over here. That's my house. I got to say, ultimate panty dropper date for the bachelor franchise. What do you think, Jason? Yeah. I mean, if you could take that souped up Mercedes to an airplane hangar get into said airplane and fly her around Southern California. Maybe it might be the top move of any date subject on the show. And I, you know, me being the skeptic here, and maybe there's some liability attorneys in our, uh, in our listenership. Maybe they could weigh in on this. I'm guessing Pete had to sign away him, his estate and his parents to get her up into that plane alone. And here's why. If he goes Howard Hughes and crashes that thing into the frickin' Hollywood Hills, the show's done, they lose their subject, um, tens of millions of dollars are lost. I'm guessing he had to put a whole lot on the line to get that insured. What do you think? That's a really good point. I mean, he's obviously qualified. Uh, but it is, and they and they do they send these people up into dangerous shit all the time. I mean, they went fucking bungee jumping in Latvia. Did you see? Did you see that uh, that gondola that they jumped out of from the nineteen hundreds? Did that? Do you, do you <laughs> the, think these they, are the, these are always done in like countries yeah. where there's very little? Um, what do you call it? Overseen right. laws about risky things, but this is. This is in the, you know, in the United States, in Los Angeles. There's no way he just takes a plane up without having to sign away his life to make sure he gets that thing back on the ground. Um, yeah, definitely. But it was a bold move and it worked out. Then they, so then they bounce back to, they bounce into the, back into the Benzo and they head to his place to meet his family where his mom is making Cuban food. And, I'll be honest. Again, this Pete is working it pretty hard. He's now he's got the flight and he's like, Oh, by the way, my mom's Cuban and she's going to make some fucking killer food. Like win two big wins. They cruise in, they meet the family. He's got a young, his mom's there. I think her name's Barbara. Maybe his dad is also called Pete. His dad's rocking the big, like silver crucifix, like massive. His dad's really kind of swinging it around. Also has the appearance of a pre-AIDS Mike Brady. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's it was definitely, um, his look is stuck right in 1981. Like he never, he never left 1981 with He's his hair and mustache. Yeah, his, uh, his shirt unbuttoned a couple a couple down to fully expose the cross. Yeah, he's definitely stuck back there. Uh, definitely. Um, so then they they meet. He's got a younger brother. The brother's got a kind of a heroin vibe going for him. I don't know. <laughs> I said in that exact moment. Something, right? That something's going on to where he's either on something yeah. or maybe he's special. You <laughs> look at him and, he, and he's got a little bit of a glow about yeah, him. Yeah, like, something. He's not quite there. Yep. And he's a little disheveled. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, there's something going on there that, that isn't quite, um, 
isn't quite normal. No chance he's got his pilot's license. Like, uh, there's definitely like a junior college vibe happening at best. Like, it's Pete is obviously the the golden child of the family. And I got I think, the. I think the brother is. I, I really do think the brother is a type that if you invited him over to your party, I think within twenty minutes. The Vicodin in your medicine cabinet would be switched yeah. out with that. Yes, I definitely got that vibe. Um, then there's like, so they're like visiting and they're like sit down, you know, everybody's having their wine and they're talking and the mom's like, all right, let's, let's have some Cuban food. And, uh, they all sit down at the table. And then as well as this thing was going, Jason, for me, the brakes were put on the scenario when they all joined hands for a sing-along German prayer. Tell me, did you, was the hairs standing up on the, on the back of your neck for that moment? Because not only did that, because all families are different, you know, maybe they have their own little thing, but these, this family, they got together, they reached out, they squeezed each other's hands and they, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch this because they belted out a German sing-along prayer that they all knew the words to and sang emphatically. And the whole thing was very weird to me and something that I would have been very put off by if I were Hannah B. Jason, what did you think of the prayer? It was disconcerting. It If I'm her... Uh, it, it's definitely a notch in the con um, category of the pros and cons. They not only did they do this like Oktoberfest uh, song prior to the meal, and then explain that it's some kind of German prayer. At, but at some point, um, his brother or Pete says, "We do this before every meal." If that's the yes. case, and yes. they weren't just performing for the camera. Then that's just ridiculous. It's crazy. Imagine having to do that before every meal. It's just stupid. It's crazy. It's just nuts. And you can so you can kind of see why the brothers on the outs with the family. Then they make a toast, and I can't remember the context, but Peter cries, and he cries pretty hard. Was he just? Was it just like I'm so happy to have you here with my family, or was there like a dead relative, or like? I think he was saying if only um, Nana were here to see this or something like that, right? What, what was the what was the context of his um, effusive tears during that toast? Yeah, he brought up his grandparents who obviously have passed away recently or something, and it made him cry. And the um, the the rest of the date, I think, was like I think of all four of these dates, this one kind of just went the smoothest. Not a whole lot of drama. The families weren't particularly uh, hard-hitting or pointed in their, uh, in their questions for her. Um, she got away from this thing pretty unscathed, except for um, Pete, you know, on his on-camera interviews, said, I love this woman, and I'm going to tell her tonight. And then he just never got around to it. I think he told his mom he was going to tell her, and he just he clammed up when it. It was one of those scenes where some guy gets so nervous that he just starts 
kissing instead of speaking. So he'd just say he was he would start to say something, yeah. but then they would just go back to kissing. Pretty smart. So he wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. And so he never said the words. And then he's like, "I hope I don't regret not saying it." And then they. Oh, yeah. by the way, I think this is the first of of four dates where she grinded on his lap before. It's her move. Yeah. It's her move. She she likes to mount. She's a mounter, yeah. which I appreciate. You know, she gets like, up and just grinds she'll on that. Grind thing. on him. I don't mind that at all. Uh, yeah, Jack. Jack tells uh, Hannah that Jack's the brother. Apparently, um, that Peter's an <laughs> all-in guy in relationships. It seems like the <laughs> like the family was um, really sort of they'd been prepped. Like Peter's like, hey, I'm bringing her in. Say good things. Like he's yep. also this is the time in the show where. Guys are making a play to be the bachelor. One of these guys has a good chance along with the last couple guys that have left. Usually it's around the top six dudes. One of these guys is probably going to be the bachelor and you want, so you want to put on your best face because it's odds are she's not going to pick you. You got a 25% chance at this point. So you want to make yourself look good and you want to be like Peter where he's like, I'm a relationship guy. And, you know, we're not going to talk about the rumors that he left a girlfriend, a serious girlfriend to join the show because we live in the world of The Bachelor. But his so his brother's like, he's all in. And then he then Peter's talking to his dad, Mike Brady, and he's like, hey, dad, nice perm. By the way, he goes, I think I've met my person, which is a, a thing only chicks say. I've never heard a guy say that in my life. Um, and then his dad cries Mike Brady style, which is so awkward. But Pete's way too in to this, which to me is a, a obvious foreshadowing of a major heartbreak to come. It's kind of like the guys that go, oh. All of a sudden, some dude, Dylan, you're like, oh, my God, I've been watching the show for six weeks. I've never seen you before. And he's like, I don't I hope I get a rose. I haven't got any FaceTime. And then he gets kicked off the show. It's kind of like that where Pete's like, I'm into this. I'm all in. I want to do this. My family's into it. This could be this could be the beginning of the end for Pete. I'm wondering. Set, But everything goes pretty well in this episode. Second. Day, yeah. Yeah. Tyler C. And. Jason, it's. I, it would be the understatement of a lifetime for me to ex- just say that I'm nearly completely gay for Tyler C at this point. He's they show up and he's wearing a vaguely Beckner-esque outfit. He's got like a kind of a fitted polo, white polo, and then like light green um short pastel shorts and some like uh I think he has like sneakers with no socks. The dude is. Yeah, I will say this. Yeah. Bag, baggy is not his look. No, dude. The dude is jacked. Not yeah. a, He's got to be in like the 5% body fat range. He's tan. He fucking is handsome. The guy looks great. And I want to fuck him. And so does Hannah. She's she likes these muscle guys, and he definitely is one. Uh, they they do a boat thing, which again, kind of like an alpha thing, not as badass as the plane, but still kind of cool. They're on a big, I assume, borrowed boat. We know his dad lost his fortune, and 
And he's like, yeah, this is my harbor. These are my, you know, I go around this island all the time. Here's my favorite restaurant. Like he's giving her the tour. Here's a lighthouse. Hannah, very impressed with herself that she knows what a lighthouse is for. Uh, everyone knows what a lighthouse is for. <laughs> like it's not like there's not. She's like, oh, but but, but <laughs> yes. you know what? She, I don't think that I I didn't get the impression that she was confident. It was almost like she said a statement, but it, it left herself out. It was like, yeah, so that's the place where uh, where other with where, where boats know uh, where, you know where to go and you know when to come into the harbor when they can't see at night. And then she kind of yeah. left it open for yeah. him to be like, yep, that's exactly what it is. That's, yeah. that's what a lighthouse yeah. is. And before all that, though, um, they applied sunscreen on each other in a very gratuitous thing that obviously the producers wanted them to do. And he's applying sunscreen. Uh, where do you want it? And he's like rubbing it yes. up or down her ass yes. cheeks got, and her stomach. And then she takes her turn do, doing his like, 12 pack yes. abs yes. and everything else. And then telling us on camera that, that she's really sexually into this guy. And yeah. So he, he takes her around the Harbor. And then of course he points out this one house that he grew up in, yeah. which for some reason he's, is a big deal to him. Really weird he, color. Why are they painting um, houses like, uh, like mustard yellow with orange, Hughes. They do. They do things way strange in Florida. Florida's I, different. It's a different place. It's just yeah, it, it's a uh, heart. It's unexplainable, I guess, unless you live there. Good point. And yeah. then, and, and then they they docked, and um, yeah, and he he I'd said like to dock with Tyler. Go on. He he said something about are you ready to get after it or something like that? Yeah. Something some innuendo. Yeah. And what happens is they go to this like really like bad uh florida cover band yeah it was like it was like a white boy ska band and they all had dreads and they and they start dancing like so white bad. people yeah and then <laughs> she, she gets up and does the air guitar on yeah. stage yeah. i'm not a fan of air guitar they're, at all they're the only two people dancing it's so yeah. awkward yeah and so that was the date they were going to go harbor and then they're going to go to this uh outdoor bar where there was a band player and they were going to, and they were going to dance. That's, that's the date. Yeah. That was the date. So yeah. And that's what they did. And they, they seemed to be very into each other. And then, um, they, so they go to his dad's house and his dad had lost his fortune and almost died recently. And they get to his house. He's got a pretty nice house, despite the fact that Florida architecture is so hideous. Um, they cruise in and Tyler like hasn't seen his dad and he's been telling us for weeks about how he almost died. But then he and his dad watched The Bachelor together. <laughs> and right. His dad was like, son, you need to go on that show. And you don't really get a lot of uh, you don't really get a lot of Tyler's family. Like there's I don't feel like I was really introduced to who is the people there. There were a bunch of people there. And, well, well, first of yeah. all, last week he explained to the audience in a not-so-delicate way that his dad had a ton of money. They lived on the water, yep. and then he lost his money, yep. and then the wife is like, I'm out of here. But they're back together. So, but, oh, is that what it is? Because that was his mom in the house. Yeah. Or maybe they were just, just hanging out. It, yeah, it wasn't explained if they were together or not. They could just be, you know – very just like civil um civil divorced people but like it 
I w- I became a huge fan of the old man. Like he he had these uh, paralyzed vocal cords, so he was kind of uh, loudly whispering. But like when he did get around to saying things, like he I was fully into what he was selling. Like this guy's lived a life. He knows about matters of the heart, and uh, his name's Jeff. And uh, I'm a fan. I walked away a bigger fan of Tyler because of his old man. Oh yeah, uh, than, than I was going into this thing. And uh, what I referenced. At the end of Pete's date, I'm going to say even more strongly right now, I don't know what happens on this season. I don't know who's going to win, but I'm telling you right now, Tyler C. needs to be the bachelor. This guy, there's never been a more bachelory bachelor. Guy played football. But now he's a contractor, which is a fucking like work with your hands kind of job. And he's a boss. The guy's cut. He lives in fucking Florida. I mean, what more do you need? Tyler C. has got to be the bachelor, Jason. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely got all he checks all the boxes for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, a, a chance to just like what they did with Colton last season just the chances of getting him in the shower and, yep. and getting so dressed gives them yep. so many opportunities. He, um, he, the pants that he chose to wear yeah. to, so to his parents' place. Yep. So tight. So like tight. she was, she was wearing skin tight pants and his were even tighter. They, they got into the SUV for the, um, the compulsory mounting and grinding yep. on his on his pelvic region. I thought he was going to rip his pants. The guy, I couldn't there love the no way doubt. the guy dresses more. He fucking no, looks amazing. Yep, no doubt that the pants were just about ready to to split. I mean yep. that, that that's how tight these things were. Yep. She mounts him, grinds, grinds on, on it, him. signature uh, move, makes out. They both uh, express that they're falling in love with each other, and yep. everything seems hunky dory. No, it's great. Uh, everything goes good on Tyler's date. Then we get to Luke P. So she heads from Florida. Now she's headed up to Georgia. And again, she's immediately um, making excuses for the guy where she's like, I've always seen the good in Luke. Um, Like she's, is she the only one? Because no one else has seen any good in him. His date. So we've been on a plane. We've been on a, we've been on a boat in Florida. His date is like, Hey, we're going to go to church, but I got something a little special planned because before church, we're going to do some additional church with a Sunday school, which I thought was for children, but it was all adults. And they so they went and did like a Bible study where they, I saw donuts on the table, but it appeared they were also drinking sweet tea, which I know is a delicacy in the South which is a weird combination, two sweets. But beyond that, <laughs> Luke gets up, you know, he's like, hey, this is Hannah. Everybody open your hymnals to uh, Psalm 43. And then he gets up and he tells the goddamn story about how it's, he was he was fucking too much. And God and you know, spoke to him in the shower. It's the third time we've heard this fucking story. It's like... um. And it's it's really kind of a, a great example of how much of a lunatic he is, or a sociopath, or whatever you want to call. It. Like yes. he he is a uh, he he has his testimonial, and he has it down verbatim. 
he, like he almost never goes off script. It's almost verbatim each time he tells it. This is the third time he's told it, and it's the exact same, even down to the, the pauses and the gestures after words. He just yes. sells his testimonial. Yes. Yes. And, and to me, it's like this was very much a – since she saw all season a bunch of dudes hating uh, my bad qualities, I'm going to put her in a room full of God-loving people who love me, and they're going to tell her all the great qualities about me. He thinks that this that's one great. day is going to counterbalance great. the yeah. entire season – and that's what it is. It's he tells his testimonial. They they say a few prayers, and then he starts introducing her to people that have nothing but great things yes. to say about him. There, it was they they were so juiced, all of them. Where they they almost like I think I saw one of the um, girls that was talking to Hannah look down at some note cards. I think I saw three <laughs> by fives because. Luke had clearly scripted, like all psychopaths, he had completely scripted the moment where everyone was so afraid of him and what he's capable of that they're like, I better not fuck this up. I better say it exactly verbatim what a great guy he is. It was weird, right? And and they, they they shared the talking points with his family because they get back to to meet his family. And they're going off the same talking points, even down to like, um, you know, he's just one of these guys that, I mean, when he does screw up, when he does do something wrong, he admits to it and he says, I'll never do it again. He's just a very accountable guy. You could always trust that he, that he's learned from his mistakes. Like they were just like talking points about Luke P. And by the way, um, when they got back to his, his parents' place, there was just a bunch of extended family members there. Yeah. Yep. And there, there was this one odd, uh, very awkward point where the main family members are at the main table, the main uh, picnic table, and the, and they're doing a prayer and everything. And then they kind of scale back and they show the second picnic table about fifteen feet off to the right. That looks exactly like the kids' table at Thanksgiving. Like they were, they yeah. were in on it, yeah. but they weren't. Yeah. They weren't really included yeah. this weird. entire thing. <laughs> it was weird. It was super weird. And his, his, I will say this: his family seems nice. Um, his dad looks like exactly like the dad from the Hogan family, and I think he might have also been Dylan McKay's dad on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Not positive there. He 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 had a little he had a little uh, Joaquin Phoenix in him. Oh, the dad like. Yeah, he. Uh, if you look at him again, he looks like Joaquin Phoenix about twenty years from now, and I was surprised by the contrast of the father, who's Joaquin Phoenix, ah. and then the mother, who's like a very attractive older woman. Yes. Like she has great skin yeah, and great, great hair. Yeah. Like very, very attractive. Um. Yeah, they're scared of him. Everybody is. Um. Then they go out and they have a, an odd chat on the porch swing where this is what this is what abusers do. Is they make you feel like shit about yourself, which he's done to her several times on the season. And he's going to do again in case you've been watching the previews from the last four weeks that they make you think is going to happen next week, but still hasn't happened. Uh. But then they apologize. They make you feel like you're a bad person, but then they go, I'll do better. 
I know I've put you through a lot. I know I've tested you, but I've, I'm going to be a better guy. I'm going to be a better person. And chicks fall for this. It's unfortunate. Um, he does it again. And she seems to be like, all right, I'm, she's back in. She's all in with him. Um, I did get at some point a vibe where I was just watching Luke and I was like, this guy, I felt bad for him because he is so clearly unwell mentally. And it's so obvious to anybody that's watching. And it had to be very obvious to the producers of this television show. They saw that they were dealing with an unstable human being very early on, and they kept dragging him in to deeper and deeper water because they thought they would get ratings out of it. Clearly, Hannah is not going to pick this guy to win The Bachelor, no matter what he does, no matter what he did. He was never going to win. After he got weird on like episode three, you knew that was it for him. And the only one that didn't know that was Luke. And they just kept dragging him out there. And then at some point, so at the end of this date on the porch swing, he tells Hannah, hey, I'm going to be better. And by the way, I love you. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then she just starts making out with him. Doesn't say it back. I don't recall. Was there a mounting on this date? I don't, I didn't see a mounting. I thought there may have been a little mounting, but they were, they were making out. Yeah, they were. Just outside the house with like his 18 family members. They His were just making out. Grandmother was in there. Porch. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, Luke P to me is like, if if you work in casting, if your job is to cast reality shows, yep. he's a he's a unicorn. He he jumps off the page. He's he's that perfect mixture of gullibility and just lunacy. Like he he has there. There's a lot of psycho in there, and to me. That's what these cast member, or casting directors and, and people that do this for a living look for to sell these shows. And Luke P's done uh, meets it perfectly. Totally. Yeah, he is. But the, the problem is, is that there's a there's a tipping point with these guys. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that's hit it. But I just felt I just looked at him and, and those empty dead eyes and he just has no clue what he's doing and what his edit is going to look like and he just doesn't see the big picture and that's of benefit to the people that are going to make money off of him uh but i just feel like they strung him out too long he should have been gone at least two episodes ago but here he is um so that went well then she goes to knoxville where jed is hanging out and i don't know if you know this jason but jed is a musician Likes to play the acoustic guitar, has a nice singing voice. He's an aspiring songwriter. It's, like we said, right? Hometowns are play to your strengths. Yep. And the problem is, though, with this particular uh, contestant, the guy has already played his guitar and sung at least three times in this season. He, like, at gratuitously, non sequitur, just goes into his performance because. As he's, as he's already admitted to Hannah on the show, the reason he's on the show is because of the platform that it gives him to express his art and maybe get discovered. So I was thinking, hoping that he would 
he would steer clear from the obvious cliched thing to do and not record music on this date. And I was uh, disappointingly wrong. Um, yeah, absolutely. He, <laughs> they go to a recording studio where they record a song. Shocker. <laughs> and I got to be honest. I fast forwarded through the whole fucking thing. I just couldn't. I just couldn't bear it. I. It's it it, it is so hard to watch. It's got to be so hard to watch because yeah. you could tell his his agenda was to show that he could make a song on the spot. He he tells her to give her a bunch of concepts yep. about them, and then he's going to put it into words, and they're going to have a song by the end of the uh, the session. That was his agenda. But he was also trying to play to her by including her, and you know he didn't want to. It became a duet, and she has zero capacity or wherewithal for this, and he's playing up to her like it's really good. The lyrics are so cheesy. The song sucks ass. Like, Just think about watching a song that you're not familiar with and maybe a genre that you're not not a fan of, and it's just – it's hard to watch, and then you know that he's trying to placate her by including her, and she sounds dreadful. It was just it was it was really bad television. I was, I was very disappointed. Yeah, I caught some of those lyrics where he was like, "Cobblestone streets in the windmill where I got balls deep," and I was like, "I'm just, that's I'm tuning out at this point. Like it's too much. It's just beyond me." <laughs> Then they go. Um, then they go and meet his family, and it's like an outdoor thing. It's a nice day in Knoxville. Um, they go. I love it. I love. By the yeah. way, I love his family. Yeah, they. Seem- I love. I love how cynical and skeptical they are. Yeah, it, no, it's, it's great. It's what, it's what you should be. Well, I mean, we'll go a little behind the scenes here. So we th- they get there, and there's his dad, and his dad. Um, our friend Drew in West LA tweeted me that his dad's a unit and I would have to say he's a bit of a unit. Like he's, he's what looks like he would be tough to wrestle. Looks like he would be, uh, you'd want him on your side in a bar brawl. He's got the kind of like flowy blonde hair. He's got, he's got a lot of embroidery on his shirt. Like he's a swinging dick. I liked his dad. And then, so then they're like, you know, this whole family's there. Um, I think he's got a sister, the mom. And they're hanging out, and he did a he did a thing, and this this is just drives me crazy. He go they go so tell us what you've been up to, and he goes, we went to Boston, and then he and then he pauses, and then he goes, Massachusetts. I mean, there's there's just the one Boston, <laughs> like you don't say Chicago, Illinois. Like for instance, there's a Las Vegas, New Mexico. But unless you go to Las Vegas, New Mexico, you would just say Las Vegas and everyone would right. assume that you mean the one in Nevada. Anyway, that's just my thing. We went to Boston, well, Massachusetts. Um, and, but, then, and, then yeah. he, and then he, he described that date. Um, but, and by the way, just to add a little bit of background, the, the actual – uh, destination was like Newport News, Rhode Island, but that was such a <laughs> shitty ass yes. town that they yes. couldn't sell that they had to go to Boston. They the first date was in Boston, yes. and yes. then and then they met up with two Celtics players, like right. uh, you know, middle of the bench, maybe a late starting. Jalen uh, Brown was a top five pick, was yeah. he not? Sure, Terry Rozier, and, uh, and, and no Terry longer Rozier. a Celtic. 
Yeah, and he uh, and they played ball with him. It was cool. We we commented on how well Jed wears a a Celtics jersey, which yeah. is hard to pull off. And for also, a guy. also, nice stroke from the perimeter. He did. He had a nice stroke. He was not and then down. That, so as you're describing this, and this is my first first uh, favorite part of this family date. They, Jed says, uh, uh, at one point, yeah, like uh, you know, I we were kissing, and and I said, check this out, and I just threw the ball blind over my shoulder, and it went in the first shot, and then yeah. there was like a pause, and his sister said, how romantic. <laughs> The sister was very cynical. Delivered it delivered it with all the passion that, she, that, that I just did. Yeah, she was great. She was kind of the Peter's <laughs> brother of this family where she was – although more – not like she didn't seem like she was a mess, but she just seemed like she just was not interested whatsoever. She, she, she It was like one of three things. It was she's still young enough to just only give a shit about what's in her life and obviously maybe she had like – a uh i don't know a, a dance at school or some night out with friends or a date that she had to give up because this was the one night that the bachelorette was could meet at her house so she had that vibe like she was being pulled away from something or she's just very cynical about the process of the show and knows that it's that everyone's full of shit yep. or the first indication that she got from Hannah was i don't like this person yeah. But if you take a combination of all those things, that's that's the vibe that she gave off the entire night. Here's the thing, and I don't think we're really spoiling it because this is this is widely known, but Luke or Jed's girlfriend that he was apparently dating until the moment he left for the show and then never spoke to again has come out and told the world that. So when you go see his family and his mom's like, you want to get what engaged? Like, are you right. fucking kidding? And the sister's like, I don't know. And the whole family's like, this is weird. It's because six weeks ago, the last time they saw Jed, he had a different serious girlfriend. Right. It's right. weird. Like, of course it's weird. You just, you can only in, in, these days with friend of the show and just great American humanitarian reality, Steve with, with guys like reality, Steve, and there's really only one and social media, you just, you just can't fake it. Like you used to, if you, if right. you fucked somebody over to go on the bachelorette and now you're in love with the bachelorette, people are going to be skeeved out by it because it's fucking weird. Uh, so the right. sister's not down, the mom's not down, but whatever. Hannah's still down. They, but what, but, but yes. let's talk about real fast. The, I encourage listeners, if they haven't watched it, to watch the exchange between Hannah and the mother. Uh, it's so awkward. I, I forget what her name is. It, yeah. it's, but it's genius. Her name's Gina. I was going to say, I thought they are all called Barbara. All the to, to watch the way that Gina patronizes and condescends it's Hannah. Like like these subjects typically walk into the the families of their of their beau and they just assume that they'll fall in line, that they'll be over the moon about them and they could say or do whatever they want and everything's hunky dory. Gina wasn't having any of it. Like Hannah was taken back by how like patronizing she was. There was a there was just like this vibe that she was giving off, like, oh, really? Oh, okay, great. 
oh, oh, okay. And then, and then, like, I think Hannah at some points, like, I'm falling in love with him. And she's like, yeah, but, I mean, didn't you say that to the other three families too? Yeah. Like, completely poo-poos the entire strategy of sure. trying to win over a mother. But you just have to watch this woman's demeanor. I don't know if that's her – if that's the way she is all the time and she's just like that. Or she's really not into this, and she doesn't believe in this process at all, but it's brilliant. Yeah, but she – mind you that Han- she's like, haven't you told the other guys this too? And Hannah's like, no, I haven't. <laughs> I know. So it's kind of like, oh, it's, I'm surprised they left that in because immediately you're like, oh, Jed's the front runner. Dude, they left – yeah, okay. But they, they left it in because it it's a great example of just how – condescending this woman is it's not like she wasn't politely uh dismissive she was just outwardly dismissive and and, and not in a really kind way uh, and no. she, i think she said this she said he lived his life after uh before the bachelorette he's human he's been through a lot she basically admits that she had a he had a girlfriend before the show yeah that's yeah they both both the mom and the sister and they're like they're basically like trying to talk her out of picking him. They're like, look, exactly. he exactly. didn't go to college. <laughs> like he just does kind of odd jobs because he's into his music. They they basically say to her, like his path right now, they kept using the word path. His path is music. That's what he's <clears throat> singularly focused on. And if you're going to go down this path, you need to know that you're going to come second to music. And I don't yeah. know if Hannah was smart enough to pick up on that. No, they were definitely telling her to basically break up with him. Um, but it seems – now was there – I don't recall because I was getting real bored. It's a, it's a big slog to to watch these whole episodes, especially <laughs> when it gets down to just a few guys. Uh, was there a mounting? There, I'm sure there was a mounting. Yeah, but she, she, she But she was – she did walk away a little disappointed in how the family just didn't kowtow to, to her desires. Um, and – Jed seemed pretty unaffected by the fact that their, his family was was uh, resistant to it because they told they told him as well what they told her. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, kind of shades almost similar to last season where Wall Jumper Colton went to Huntington Beach to Cassie's house and right, Cassie's yeah. dad's like, "What are you talking about? No, you can't marry my daughter. This is crazy." <laughs> and Cassie's like, "Oh, it'll be fine." And then clearly she used it as a ploy to attempt to leave the show right and become the bachelorette but it didn't work because colton fucking locked her down because he's a psycho but i could see jed having second thoughts because being like hey you know my maybe my mom was right whatever at this point he seems like he's still all in um so we're down with we're into the rose ceremony and this is where this fucking show really if you're not already pissed off, you should be now. Because here we got Peter, Tyler, Luke P, and Jed standing there. Tyler's just fucking looking like a snack. He's got just <laughs> good-looking suit. Like, everything's tailored and fitted. Hair's done, tan. The guy looks great. Immediately, Peter and Tyler, the the primary Mounties, get get a rose. And then... This thing goes off the rails where there's one rose left. It's either going to go to Luke or Jed. 
And she picks up the rose and then she just stands there and she's like, um, and she's like fidgeting with the rose. Jason, was it just me or is she the absolute worst fucking actress you've ever seen in your life? You've done big movies. You've been on screen with Gina Gershon. You've worked with Lou Diamond. Tell me as a professional actor, what were your thoughts on Hannah's performance in this rose ceremony? The the performance, I I was less, I guess, um, convinced that she was putting on a performance. I mean, if you want to talk about her acting, there's a shot at the very beginning of this show where they said sit on a park bench and look contemplative, and she she screws that one up badly. She's not very good acting out shit. What I did see in that final scene is a woman who is like legitimately fucked in the head. This, this, this show has fucked her in the head and she doesn't want to make any decisions anymore. Mm. She doesn't want Mm. to tell anybody whose family she just visited. No, I mean this to me, this is part of the drama of the show. You just went to see the family of a person uh, that you might marry and then like a day later you got to break up with them and people have to do it that's a, it's a a mandatory thing on the show and she wants out of it i don't know how much of that last part was acting i think we could agree to disagree i will agree yeah. with the fact that she's a horrible actress yes yeah. okay i kind of get what you're saying where she maybe wants it to seem like it was an easier decision that it is an easy decision. There's no way she's given Luke a rose. She's wanted him gone for a month, but he's yeah, still she, Well, lingering. she's deciding between the lunatic and the and the only guy that she says she's fallen in love with. Right. The only guy she's told. Those two guys, the basically yes. the, the the opposite ends of the spectrum, are sitting there waiting to see who she chooses. But meanwhile, productions like. We haven't gotten the meltdown. We've pushed Luke, but he's such a psychopath that he's able to just fucking be cool under pressure, much like American psycho Christian Bale. They're like, give us another week. We think we can push him to a full breakdown where he'll probably need to be institutionalized. Give us another week. We'll (laughs) give you that extra rose. And again, only for Luke do they do this. So earlier in the season, there's a rule on the show. Here's how it works. You go on a one-on-one date and she awards you a rose. And if you don't get the rose, you go home. Luke went on a one-on-one date, didn't get a rose, and then said, hey, I'm not leaving. And they're just like, okay, Luke gets to stay. Yeah, it seems like this is the season where protocols are broken. Yeah. Like Hannah, Hannah very much is not the conventional contestant. And she's broken a lot of rules, but this one just seems to be going a little too far. Then, she gets yes. she, she gets back into the room, and she's just sitting there, not knowing what to say, upset. And then uh, Dickhead Chris Harrison walks in with two fresh roses. Harrison, Harrison. Why is thing. there even another rose there? No, I'm agreeing with you. There's wh- yeah. Why? Why is there even another rose there? There shouldn't be another rose available. Two, yeah, two fresh roses, as if he had to run it up the food chain to right. get this to get this approved. Like another flight to their uh, destination for the final rose. Somebody head out to Conroy's. Yeah. Yeah. We need another yeah. rose. Yeah, and then so he brought he brings in the two roses, which tells everybody 
I'm giving. I'm, everyone's coming to. Where are they going? Philippines or something? No, they're going to Crete. That's right. They're going to Greece. So everyone's going to Greece. All four of the guys are going to Greece. Never has the four contestants from the hometowns been also invited to the fantasy suite it's destination. It's crazy. And imagine, imagine if you will, Juan Pablo Galavis coming out there, and it's time to get down to three for fantasy suites to go from four to three, and him going, Ekrasarsan. I need to get balls deep on all four of these chicks. Like I'm a, I need an extra rose because I can't make a decision unless they all come to the fantasy suite. It just, it wouldn't work the other way. Is all I'm saying. And how, when just, did when did Juan Pablo turn into Tony from Scarface? I don't know. At Chris Harrison, wasn't he Cuban? Oh, was he? I don't know. No, he was I from Venezuela. So. <laughs> I don't have a Venezuelan accent. Uh, so anyway, spoiler alert, they all get a fucking rose. Luke, Jed, Tyler C, Eater, and, and again, then in the, then in the previews of next week, they show the same preview. Right. For, that they've shown for the past four weeks. So, you know, right. Luke is getting kicked off because he tells her, you, if you fuck one of these guys, I'm leaving. And she's you, like, you. Yeah. You made that. You made that mistake last season. You made the it's mistake true. last it's season. True. They could have fooled. Do not, do not fall for the tease. In fact, I would say fall for the opposite of the tease. If they have now promoted at least twice that he gets into an exit limo, s exit SUV, that just tells me that he's very much not going to be finishing off that trip how, off the show. How could it be anything going else? To be how could it be anything? How last year, Colton reversed. The whole thing. She she went home, but then he and chased ended her. Ended up winning the entire thing. Yeah, he chased her because he's a puss, right? But I'm just saying that because they're teasing Virgin. that he gets into the into the SUV tells me that there's going to be something that happens that gets him back. I'm not yeah. sure, but anyways, yeah. um, again, breaking protocol this season. Hannah B. She's done making decisions. I don't think that she wants to marry any of these guys. I think she's just confused and wants to go home, but she's contractually compelled to finish out the season. Yeah. Um, and let me pay off the tease before we say goodbye. All right. I'm going to pay off in, in the business called pay off the tease. Pay off, pay off the tease. But also we have, I noticed we have one email to get to. So pay off the tease. Oh, then wow. we'll do the email. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe next episode we'll really get into this. Now the show has been slowly, but surely coming out, and becoming more self-aware, coming out and talking about things that were uh, that used to be considered taboos. In the first few seasons of this show, nobody kissed anybody until you were like in love and ready to 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 marry them. Now they make out with several people on the first night. It's crazy. The they never talked about sex up until about three or four seasons ago. Sex just wasn't a thing. Sex in this fantasy suite. Sex whatever. And then at some point it became, this is what we're going to talk about. And then it, it, came, it became creepy last season as Chris Harrison keeps asking Colton, are you going to fuck her in the fantasy suite? And then um, this season, this is the season of all seasons to, to break the next taboo. Notice in the after the final rose ceremonies on each of these seasons, the one subject that's never delved into for one reason or another, is asking one of the other contestants 
or asking the winner, what are you thinking as you're watching the show back? And she's mounting and grinding and That's making great. out with a guy the night before you it's proposed great. to her. That's great. The night before, what, what's going through your mind when you see that? Or go to the other contestants and say, she was mounting and making out with you and telling you that you were in love with her. And then as you're watching it back, she's doing the same thing to the other guy. What's going through your mind? They never actually ask those pointed questions. There's obviously a reason. But let's break down let's let's completely break down that wall this season. I hope the show gets into this because this is the season to do it. She's yeah. been overly physical with all of these guys. Now I need them to actually talk about it after the road. Well, remember Josh Murray and Andy Dorfman. Yes. Nick Nick Vile, who sucks, put Andy Dorfman <laughs> on front street in the after the final rows and I'll tell you right now, this Josh Murray never got over it. He seems like a bit of a hothead, but he could never no get no past way. the fact that Nick Vile got there first. And yep. some dudes are fucking weird like that. Uh, okay. And, and Andy ended up writing a book, I want to say, about yeah, yeah, his wrote, yeah, psychological warfare yes. with her after, yes. after choosing her. She did write a book. Uh, so we'll see what happens next week. I'm Hopefully this fucking Luke guy's gone. He sucks. Uh, quick email. Hey guys, what's up? Jason, it was great to meet you again. And Brian, you were missed. As far as pilots go, you were spot on. Yes, they crush a ton of ass when they are traveling or whenever and whenever those wings pull major hot ass. Peter is SoCal-based, so he's already in Southern California slamming tail a lot. Not a spoiler, but actually at Steve's party. Oh, this is reality Steve's listener appreciation party. At Steve's party, my friend got a picture of her friend with Peter on a plane while the party was happening and showed it to reality Steve. I bet reality Steve put that on his site too. All of those guys have gone home, including the winner for now. Peter is going to crush so much ass. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> He has a good chance of being the bachelor, I'm guessing. And if not, still, he will need a new dick in six months at this Barry Bonds type streak he's on. And he's going to stay on, I'm sure. Uh, rumor is he left a girlfriend right before the show. We've heard that. Not a spoiler because will never be reported except by Steve. And she doesn't want it out there now. Now, I've heard it. It's been reported. Of course, first by Steve, if true. Just from being on the show, it's going to boost his ass-crushing numbers through the roof. <laughs> okay, we get it. With flight attendants and fans, period. Take care, fellas. Funniest episode ever, and it's true. All my friends agree also. Luke will be behind bars for murder someday. Thanks, guys. That's from David Bray. David, because we talked... Earlier, David Bray is our guy that works in the airline industry, so he knows what these pilots like Pete get out to. Thank you for that, David. Uh, okay, and, and I yes. will say, I, I will say this: the one thing that, and I like David Bray a lot personally, and I appreciate his his uh, contribution. But the one thing that I'm a little foggy on, he didn't make clear: is Pete going to be crushing a lot of ass? I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not positive. I don't think he said that in enough ways I to make it perfectly clear. I think what he's trying to get across is that 
Pete is going to have a lot of options with the ladies and he'll be able to use that one rubber that he's got in his, in his Mercedes. Uh, all right. Thank you for that, David. Jay Stu, excellent job. As always, it's really heating up. So we're down to what? Basically two episodes, right? Fantasy suites and then the, uh, and then the, the proposal or whatever happens at the end. Um, Let's go. Yeah, we'll be here for you guys. Uh, for Jason Stewart, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been The Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next week. Brian Beckner, Jay Stewart, breaking down all the shows. It's The Bachelor on ABC with Chris Harrison. You crying in a limo sent home. How embarrassing, the most dramatic ever. And that's what we like. Play your cards right, you might end up on paradise. Here's the key to the fantasy suite. Balls deep so you can sleep with your third or fourth girl in a week. We're making a connection, we're falling in love We're chilling in the mansion outside the hot tub we starting in LA and then we travel the world we toasting champagne, we got 32 girls Who gets a hometown and who's the most hated Who had the best date and who's getting eliminated We always speculating like you wouldn't believe But I cheated, logged on to reality, Steve So, it's the bachelor lifestyle we living in It's the baller lifestyle we living in It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.